0: Hey everybody, Josh here. On behalf of Faith Baptist Church, I wanna welcome you to our online experience. Thank you for joining us. Our motto is to share the journey, and our mission is to be disciples, making disciples. And we do that with our three core values, truth, community, and engagement. If you're new here, if you're in need of prayer, if you want to connect, then fill out the connect card in the comments section just below this video. It's just a few short questions, allows us to start the conversation and connect with you, be able to share the journey with you. I want to give you a few tips on getting the most out of your online experience today. So check out the settings icon at the bottom of this video. It allows you to adjust your video quality settings, closed captioning, whether or not you see commenting, but then also check out the share button. It has never been easier to invite your friends, your family, your co-workers to our online church experience. With the simple click of a button, you can let your contact list know about the content that you get to enjoy today. I hope that you are blessed and challenged by the service today.
1: Good morning. Good morning, church family. Good to be with you. I uh, This talk- 9th of November. You notice how short the days uh, are getting, and you notice how low in the sky the sun is. By the way, really good to see the sun today because we, we haven't had a lot of sunny weather lately, and so it's encouraged. Meant for me when I looked up and seen a nice sunny day, but uh, but it's low in the sky, isn't it? and the days are shorter. But it's just that time of year. But uh, this is the Lord's Day, and we are together, and we're going to be worshiping the Lord together. And uh, uh, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a really good day. Uh, we are into the third part of a three-part mini-series on truth, community, and engagement. We're looking at the passages that uh, outline Jesus' encounters with his disciples uh, after his death and resurrection, but before his ascension to the right hand of the Father. And so Josh is going to be speaking with us a little bit later about uh, what it means to uh, for us to be engaged. And I don't know if you want to throw in the chat section of your um, online uh, participation today. You know, what does engagement mean to you? Like, what does a word what does a word engagement mean to you? What does it mean for you as a Christian to to be engaged and to respond to the call uh, of Christ upon your life to actually engage in this? Uh, world that so much needs for Christians to be engaged? What does that look like in your life? Uh, There's also a connect card there. If you're new, uh, we'd love to have you fill that out as well. And uh, it's uh, just a good opportunity to connect with us so we hopefully can connect with you, maybe pray for you, speaking of prayer. I'm going to get April to uh, and the rest of the gang here to uh, lead us in worship. And uh, and, I just want to say it's good to be together. God bless you. Thank you.
2: Good morning. It's a new day. Have you, some of you just had weeks where it's just been a day by day, just trying to get to the next day? Maybe things haven't been going as well as you expected or hoped, but today is a new day. And today, as we join together, we're just going to worship. And I pray that we would just be grateful that Jesus has given us this new day. We can start fresh and new every morning. He tells us that his mercies are new for us every morning. His grace is new for us every morning. So all the things that we've been holding on to all week, we actually don't have to hold on to them because we can actually take them to the foot of the cross and we can lay them down there for Jesus. So would you just join in with us? as we sing about the great things that the Lord has done for us. Can we just recognize that and can we choose? Because I've always said this, and I I preach this a lot when I'm up here, is about worship is a choice. You can come in here and you can stay seated, or you can be home and and you can sing, but truly it's a connection with you worshiping with Jesus. It's a heart. It's an issue with your heart. So whether you sit or you stand, if you choose to stand here today, you can. Or whether you stay at home and maybe you stand in your living room and you're all by yourself. It's a choice to worship. So let it be about your heart today. So would you just join with me in prayer as we just enter into a time of worship. God, we just thank you that we can freely come to you into this place today. God, no matter where we're at, I pray, Jesus, that we would truly know that worship is a choice. I pray, Jesus, that we would know that that you see our hearts and that it is truly about our hearts and how we connect and worship with you. So I pray, God, that today as we sing about how great you are, God, about how you are the king of kings, that Jesus, you would truly speak to our hearts and we would just feel your presence in this place today. God, we wanna lift your name up. We wanna sing loud and we wanna sing with excitement and joy because we know that you can bring us joy. So I pray that over this place today over the hearts of the people who are are hearing my voice right now, that we would truly experience your joy and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: promises yes and amen
2: in the comments some things that God has done that have been great. Why not choose to start this day with a grateful heart? Is there a few things out here for you who are joining us today that you can say that God has done something great? Can you just yell it out? Anybody? A great thing. What was it? Ooh, I happen to be Leah's friend. He has given us great friends. I know that I've been given a great friend in Leah, that's for sure. Anything else? Something that that God has done that is so great. Our salvation, amen. One more. Just everything. Why not just say everything, right? God truly does give us great things. I pray that our hearts would truly be grateful for all that he has given us today.
4: In the darkness we were. Till from heaven. For I say keep...
2: might seem lost, Jesus, you can go find it. God, a lot of us have heavy hearts because of what's happening in the world around us. Maybe it's that we feel that um, people who once loved you and maybe people that, that served you, Jesus, have have chosen a different road. They've chosen to turn their back from you. But God, we know that you can take those dry bones and you can bring them back to life. And God, as we enter into the season of Christmas God, there's so much of us um, that feel joy, but there's also a lot of us that feel no hope. And I pray, Jesus, that you would just touch their spirits and you would allow them to know and feel what true hope feels like in a lost and hurt and broken world. God, you are a God who redeems. You are a God who reconciles. You are a God who saves. So we just pray your mighty saving power to fall over this place now, Jesus, that we would know that you are the one true living God, the King of Kings, as we enter into Christmas and we, we we are about to just celebrate, Jesus, that you are the true King of Kings. We just thank you for this morning and pray, God, that your hand would be upon the rest of this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: So, I did remember to turn um my mic on, but in the process, I popped the batteries. I think I'm okay. um Thank you, April. Thank you guys. I hope having hope is so important uh you know you could have uh have everything, but if you don't have hope uh where does that leave you All right? I don't know if any of you know who Victor Frank is, or was, I should say, because he's gone, long gone, but he proved that uh, hypothesis uh, in a uh, Russian concentration camp, Um, how men can live with anything and through anything if they have hope, but if there's no hope, then uh, there's nothing to sustain sustain our lives, so thanks very much for that, guys. As April mentioned, this is, uh, we're staring right at December now, uh, that's tomorrow's the 30th and then Tuesday will be the 1st of December and so we're getting, yeah, we're getting uh, ready for uh, the Christmas season and so a couple of, uh, just a couple of quick announcements about that. One is the angel tree. If you've been a part of our church family for you know, any amount of time, any length of time, you'd be familiar with the angel tree. And what we do, it's it's an initiative that we try to do each Christmas that uh, just is a help and encouragement to maybe some of our folks, not just within our church family, but uh, in any way connected or in our community at large, that could really use some extra encouragement this time of year. And um, uh, April actually leads uh, us in that project each year, and she is again this year, and she's putting it together, and she asked me to, to let you know this morning that if you have any questions about it or anything, you can contact her. Um, you also can get get in touch with the church office, and we'll put you in touch with April if you don't have her contact information. The other thing you can do is starting tomorrow, I believe, is that correct, April? Starting tomorrow, you can go on our website, which is sharethejourney.ca, and we're going to have a, a link there that would take you... Uh, an, an, allow you or enable you to participate and sign up there to, uh, to help with the angel trees this, this year. So that's, again, that's sharethejourney.ca, encourage you to do that. Another thing that's really exciting that starts on Tuesday, which is the 1st of December, our Christmas journey uh, is, begins. And um, well, let me see, well, first I'll show you this. This is the, uh, the devotional that, uh, that we've put together. It's a family devotion. You don't have to have little kids to participate, but certainly uh, it's especially good if you do. Um, but this is a devotional we put together with 25 days. And uh, you can uh, get one of these in hand if you're here today before you leave, or if you would like to uh, contact uh, Best person to contact on this would be Alex, uh, and you could contact him by email at alex at sharethejourney.ca, and uh, and, uh, he'll arrange for you to get uh, a packet for your kids if you have young children in your home, and also the devotional uh, booklets as well for that, and uh, so, uh, or just send him an email and give him a hard time about something, that's always good too. Yeah, he's been, he's been under a lot of stress lately because we've been working him really, really hard, and uh, it's not all funny, but it's kind of funny. None of us are at our best when we're stressed, and, uh, and I'm certainly in that category, and sometimes lately we've been under a fair amount of stress because a lot of us have been working hard, paddling hard, right? Like the duck, you know? Uh, on top of the water, everything looks calm and serene. But under, underneath the water, we're paddling like crazy. And that's the way my life is a good amount of the time. And, and uh, so, but, but, but this, uh, this is something we've been working hard on. And, and we're excited to roll this out. So, you know, like I say, even if you don't have young children. Uh, we encourage you to participate because we, we made extra booklets. And the video, well, I should mention that the video component of this is uh, an inspirational, sh- a short inspirational video is going to be on our Facebook page. And even if you don't have a Facebook account, if you go to the newsletter, for example, and click on the link there, it'll take you to, the, to a Facebook page, and you'll be able to participate whether you have a Facebook account or not by, by watching the videos and grab, and grab one of these as well. And if you have any other questions or anything, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. And uh, let me see here. Where am I? Um, I think that's that's the most important announcements I had to make today. So at this time, we're going to be thinking about our giving. I, I, I want to say that I very much appreciate all of those uh, of you who are involved in uh, our church family in, in so many ways, you know, privileged together today to worship the Lord together. Uh, we share testimony together to a, a world that desperately needs to hear about Jesus. And we, uh, part of our worship is our giving, and so thank you to all of those who continue to, to give and support what we do together for God's glory. If you are um, here in the room today, you'll notice a container on, on your way out on the table if you wanted to give that way, but there are other ways, of course, you can give. You can give by text, 84321 is the number for that if you want a text to give. Uh, you can also give through the church app, which is, uh, if you don't have it, you can get that at the, uh, the app store. You just search for faithbaptist G V. And you'll find the app, and you can give through the app, and you can also go on the website, sharethejourney.ca. Again, top right corner, there's a tab there for giving, and you can do that. And, of course, you can always do it through the mail. We don't recommend you send large amounts of cash through the mail. They don't recommend that, but, uh, but checks certainly can be mailed. And, uh, and I thank you again for, uh, for all you do to support the work we do together. Um, I want to pray uh, for our offering time today. And, uh, and as I do, there's a few other folks uh, that we want to just be remembering. I, I would encourage you to pray tomorrow as uh, we're having a celebration of life service for Fred Morash. Uh, pray, pray, that, pray for Linda. Pray for the rest of the family. But also pray that, that Christ would be honored and that the gospel would be uh, proclaimed. Uh, Fred has asked us to make sure that happens. And we want to do that. I was talking with Carlotta. Uh, well, actually, I was talking with Ed yesterday. And he said Carlotta's doing really doing really well, like making progress each day. And we've been praying for her. How many of you have been praying for Honduras and the folks there? Like, wow, I just, they so, so much need our prayers down in that part of the world right now. And and uh, I haven't heard anything recently from um, Dave and Laura. But we're praying for, for that family as well. And I know there are other, I know there are unseen prayer requests. And as well, but I just, would you pray with me this morning? Let's unite our hearts in prayer to our Lord. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your love and mercy to us and for the hope that we have in you. Uh, Lord, our lives without that, where would we be? Where, where, where could we go? Where would we go, Lord, if we uh, were to turn away from the only hope there is in this world ultimately, which is you So thank you, Lord, for that hope. And thank you for the new life that you offer us and for the joy and the peace that goes with that. And Lord, as we give thanks for the offering today, we pray you would take all of the gifts and all of the monies that people uh, give today and you would just bless it, Lord, and use it. Uh, Lord, we thank you for all those in our church family that help um, uh, manage those those aspects of our lives together, Lord. And we thank you. That we can do it in a way that's honoring to you, and for all that you do with the resources, Lord, that you give us, when we uh, unite our hearts together and and join together to serve you on mission together in this world, and just bless this offering time. We pray, Lord, bless each gift and each giver. And as we pray, Lord, we think of uh, of um, Linda and uh, the Morash family, and uh, we pray you would just. Continue to uphold them. We pray that uh, as the gospel is shared uh, tomorrow, that you would just use that, use that time, use Ted's, uh, use Fred's uh, testimony. Lord, we pray. And uh, we thank you for what you're doing in um, in Carlotta's life, and and we pray for Ed and Carlotta. And we pray for uh, Drew and for Dave and Laura and their family and. Lord, for others who uh, who need a, a special touch from you today. We are mindful, Lord, that those that we uh, love and support in in at the children's home in Honduras. Um, Lord, we pray uh, that you would just... We thank you, first of all, Lord, that you've kept them safe, but we also recognize, Lord, that there's a lot of uh, hardship there and a lot of devastation around them. And so we pray that you would... Uh, not only bless them, but use them. Thank you for, for Melody and, and Jeff and for Tina and for uh, Rick and Ina. We pray for them today, Lord, um, and for all, all the people of the, of that area it was so so devastating, Lord. Um, we pray that you would be much at work there. And Lord, as we continue here, as we open your word and uh, learn what it means to be for us to be engaged. Uh, it's such an important thing for us to be thinking about today. We just pray for Josh as he as he opens the word to us, and and uh, we pray you just continue to bless throughout this time in Jesus' name, Amen. So just before Josh comes, we got uh, some uh, news from the Good News Network.
5: Good. Welcome to the Good News Network. My name is Alex. And kicking off the good news this week, we're going to be talking about the Christmas journey. That's right. Starting Tuesday, December 1st, that is this Tuesday, we will be posting a video each and every day until December the 25th of the Christmas journey the Christmas Journey Advent Devotional will be posted on our social media and YouTube platforms. So if you've yet to request the devotional or the kids pack, you can do so by emailing alex at sharethejourney.ca. And you can request a copy of the devotional and the kids pack. So here's a sneak peek of the Christmas journey videos. Top story. Jesus returned to heaven. You can find it in your Bible in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus left the earth and returned to heaven. But he did not leave us alone. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to be with us and help us to do God's work. To teach people everywhere about Jesus so they will trust Him as their Lord and Savior. One day Jesus will return to make all things new and to rule as Lord over all. For more of this story, you can find it on our website at www.sharethejourney.ca under the Kids tab where you can find the videos and activity pages for this story. This is Alex, signing off for the Good News.
0: Good morning. It's the final Sunday of November. December is on Tuesday, right? You realize that. Maybe your spouse has been nagging you, you should get your Christmas shopping done because it's coming so quick. I'm a big Christmas guy. Are there any Christmas fanatics out there? If you're at home and you're a Christmas fanatic, would you just put it in the chat? What is your favorite Christmas song? Throw it in the chat. Maybe we'll make a playlist or something. But anybody in the room, your favorite Christmas song? Oh, Holy Night. Awesome one. Ah, yes. Kate seconds that, Peggy. A banjo. Christmas song with a banjo. I'd love that. Sounds like anything from Ren Collective, right? Um, One of my favorite Christmas songs right now is Joseph's Lullaby. It's by Mercy Me about 15 years ago. Don't look it up yet. Wait until after the service. Look it up. Add it to your Christmas playlist. But you don't hear many Christmas songs about Joseph, do you? I love, love Christmas music. Um, Our neighbors, well, actually, I want to show you a little picture here. Uh, Cinderella showed up to our house and helped to decorate our tree. Maybe that's going to be one of our Christmas traditions but uh, my kids are at a great age for Christmas. They are loving Christmas. Um, A number of weeks back, our neighbor put up Christmas lights like before anybody else did. They were the first one on the street right across the road, and when my daughter Jade saw those Christmas lights, I don't think you've ever heard shrieks that high. Like, she almost lost her mind, it was crazy. I thought she had hurt herself badly, but she was just excited about the Christmas lights. And our son, Reese, we're trying to convince him that we're giving him dollies for Christmas, And he's pretty sure that we're joking, but not completely sure. I don't know if that's good parenting, but we're having a lot of fun with it. So we're really excited for Christmas. But I do want to recognize that for everybody, Christmas isn't always a great time of year, is it? You know, maybe, I mean, the the COVID restrictions affect all of us. Maybe you won't get a chance to be with certain loved ones this Christmas. Maybe certain traditions will be off the table for our own health and safety. You know, for some of us, it might be the first Christmas where there's an empty seat at the table. I know there, there are plenty of families in our community. After the year that we've had, that will be their story this Christmas. And it's not going to be easy. But the story of Christmas is that God stepped into our pain and our brokenness in the darkness of this world to give us purpose and hope to set forth an eternal plan through his son, Jesus Christ. That because of Jesus, not because of our circumstances, because of Jesus, we can have hope and purpose in this season. Um, I have the privilege this morning of closing off a three-week sermon series a mini series that we've been doing and it's between Jesus resurrection from the dead and 40 days later his ascension back to heaven what were some of the key interactions that he had with his followers we're talking about some really core truths and values when it comes to discipleship what were some of the final conversations Jesus had with his followers really important time in scripture Steve has led us through the first of two core values, truth and community. Uh, Just two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus arriving on the road to Emmaus with two of his followers. And from the law and the prophets, from the Old Testament scriptures, he presented them everything concerning himself, and it was like this, this moment for them. When their eyes were opened, and the truth became clear of who Jesus is, truth. And then last week, Steve talked about community. Jesus is on the beach. He's made breakfast. Peter has been fishing all night, caught nothing. And then the one who denied Jesus three times then gets the opportunity to pledge his love for Jesus three times. He's invited back into fellowship, back into communion with Jesus. We talked about community, truth, community, and today we're going to talk about engagement. Are you excited to talk about engagement? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Kind of figured. Um... I want to do this a little differently. This is different than I've ever preached. Is different okay? We're kind of living in different times. This is, this is going to be different. Typically, I go through a passage of Scripture, and we do one, two, or three verses. We pause to explain, illustrate, apply, exegete the Scripture, see what it says about Jesus, and then we move on to the next Scripture. That's, that's typically how we do it. This morning, we're going to do it totally different. We're going to read through the passage start to finish, And then we're going to set it to one side. I'm going to show you how I wanted to preach this message. Then I'm going to tell you just two words and one application. Is that straightforward enough? Are we all totally confused? All right. (laughs) I I see someone nodding their head. I, I don't know which one to believe. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. It's right here on the screen. Matthew chapter 28. I'm just going to read through the bulk of these scriptures. So if you want to follow along in your copy of the Bible, I'm not going to point to every scripture on the screen right here. I'm just going to read them through. So maybe this could be a good time. Close your eyes. Take a break from all the distractions. And let's just listen to God's word. In fact, could we do this? Could we stand for the reading of God's word this morning? If you're comfortable standing right where you're at, could you stand for the reading of God's word? This is why we gather to read and to study god's word and to see what he has to say for our lives matthew chapter 28 i'm going to start in verse 16 now the 11 disciples went to galilee to the mountain of which jesus had directed them when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted can you imagine some still doubted verse 18 jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, if you have your copy of the scriptures, would you just jump over to the book of Acts? We're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to read the first 14 verses. You know, the bulk of this year with the Gospel Project, we focused on the four books Four books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've talked about the life of Jesus. Now, for the first time, we're stepping into the book of Acts, the beginnings of the church, through the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through Luke, the doctor, the traveling companion of the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 1. We'll start in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach. I love how he says, began, began. He's talking about the whole gospel of Luke, and he refers to it as the beginning, all that Jesus began to do and to teach. He's still doing today. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days. You know what the number 40 is in Scripture? Anybody? If you know at home, throw it in the chat. What's what's 40 represent in Scripture? Testing. Testing. 40 days in the wilderness. 40. Testing. Jesus passed the test. He truly rose from the dead. 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Everyone say wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when... Everybody say when. When When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth, when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, Judas the son of James. All these were with one accord devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's pray. Father God... We've read your word, we're now asking that the Holy Spirit would illuminate these truths to our heart, our mind, our spirit, God, that you would give us the courage to follow your leading this week, Father. God, we pray all these things in your Son's name, amen. You may be seated, thank you. I was really excited to preach on the Great Commission. When I found out that I got to preach on this super important passage of scripture, I knew exactly how I wanted to do it. I mean, we're talking about Jesus' final words before his feet left the earth and he returned to heaven. What was the final thing Jesus had to say before he left? And I got excited. Can I show you how I wanted to preach this message? Do I have your permission? You might take it back after I show you, but... You ready for this? Got to got to dig in here. Here we go. What are we doing? What are we contributing to the kingdom of God? What have you done in the last week for the cause of Christ? Have you lived out Jesus in your life in the last month in a way that people would notice? What about the last eight months? Have you just taken them off (laughs) because of restrictions? You spend more time complaining about masks and about borders than we do about talking about Christ? What are we doing? Are we dazed and confused like those disciples staring up into the clouds and the angels had to show up and tell them, what are you doing? You're just going to stand there and look? This Jesus who left, he's coming back. You only have so much time. Go, go, go. Get your head out of the clouds and get to work. What about other countries where they're in communist regimes, war-torn countries, where they know that the cause of faith could cost them their lives, and here we are in Atlantic Canada, one of the safest places in the world, and we're scared to tell our friends, our family, our neighbors about Christ? What are we doing? Or what about this? Why are we so busy? Why are we so busy? I mean, the world has shut down like never before, in my lifetime at least. In March and April, we're begging for things and activities to do. We're going to rip our hair out because we have nothing to do. We're stuck inside. But now, everybody I talk to is busier than ever before. Why are we so busy? We get to the end of the day, and what have we accomplished? There's still more on the list. The urgent trumps the important. We never get around to the important conversations. If Christ came back today and we had to stand in front of him and give an account for the gospel message that he has entrusted to our care, what would we say? I was busy? I was scared? I really thought this message should be a spiritual kick in the pants for all of us who are sitting on the sidelines, myself included. What's my level of engagement look like? If I wasn't a pastor at the church, would I still be serving in my local church right now? Why do we spend so much time passionately arguing about politics and never getting over to the love of God, the reason we're here? That's, (laughs) that's, That's how I wanted to preach this message. That was my first response. We need to get to work. And then I I studied the passage. And I got my own spiritual kick in the pants. Has that ever happened to you? You think you know how something should go. (laughs) And you're getting all this excitement and energy because you just want to give it. And then God smacks you in the face with it. Here's the thing. When it comes to our level of engagement in the good news of Jesus Christ, it cannot come from a place of guilt and shame. It cannot come from a place of guilt and shame. That's religion. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is far different than the guilt and shame of the devil. The purpose of the Holy Spirit's conviction and direction in our hearts is to call us up. The purpose of the devil's guilt and shame is to take us down. Have you ever started something that you were motivated by guilt and shame to do? We say it like this, have you ever been guilted into doing something? Have you ever been shamed into doing something? The whole experience is flawed right from the start, isn't it? You just have this this weight in the pit of your stomach, like I have to do this because, and I feel this guilt and this shame, and the whole experience is messed up right from the beginning. That's religion. Do more. Try harder. Give more. When is enough enough? Well, enough will never be enough if that's the motivation that you're starting with. Guilt and shame. So engagement needs to start from a different place. Because if I were to get up here and give us a spiritual kick in the pants, myself included, we would need the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And living under that weight of guilt and shame is never what God had intended for us. Well, I I serve at the church because that's what I've always done. I mean, what would people think if I quit? You can't sustain that. I wanted to give a little illustration, but I totally ran out of time, and to be honest, I forgot it at home. So here's what it was gonna be. My kids have this little Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that dances and sings. Don't ever get a young parent (laughs) toys for their kids that make noises and dancing and and music, okay? Unless you're playing a a cruel, funny trick, in which case, go for it. But the batteries died on this thing, so it it says like two lines and it goes and it stops. Well, it would never be enough To give that thing a pep talk and give it a little smack and say, come on, dance, Rudolph, you got to change the batteries, right? Unless it's connected to the right source of power, it's never going to perform the way that you want it to. Engagement needs to start from a different place. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Now, we're just going to talk about two words, Okay. In all the busyness and confusion and uncertainty of the season, do you have room in your busy mind for two words? Can we do that? Okay, two words. Number one, let's go back to Matthew chapter 28. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Your will, your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, I've read through this, I don't know how many times. This is the Great Commission. This is like the culmination of Scripture. All of Scripture is leading up to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is Jesus' final statement to the church. He's inviting us. He's commissioning us, co-mission. He wants us to be with him in his mission. Here's what he's telling us. He has all authority. Now, I stopped to study out this word for one of the first times. You know what this word means? I'm going to tell you. Blow your mind. Exousia. Now, let me get off on a rabbit trail here just for a moment. When I say exousia, I've learned just to say it fast and quick with confidence and roll with it. I have no idea if I'm saying that word right, but I'm pretty sure you have no idea if I'm saying that word right. Because there's probably no Greek scholars in the room. Are there any Greek scholars in the room? Okay, one time I was invited to be the guest speaker at a church in New Brunswick. I did like that same talk, and then I got down, I'm shaking hands after the service. We, we used to shake hands in church. Do you remember that day? Like eight months ago? I'm shaking hands at the door, and this, this young lady shakes my hand. She says, guess what I do? I'm a Greek major at the local university. <laughs> and I thought, oh, great. How did I do? And she gave me a little pep talk on my Greek linguistics. But you definitely pronounce this word exousia or something like that. It means power, weight, influence. That's what authority means, exousia. And that that preposition there, ex, is like to exit. Where do you exit from? Where does it come out from? Where does the power, the weight, the influence, where does it come from? If you break it down to its root word, it comes from exesti. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but something like that. It means permission and possibility. Do you know that Jesus has granted permission and made it possible for us to join him in his mission? The only way that it's permitted and the only way that it's possible is because it's from Jesus through Jesus. All of the power, the weight, the influence, the authority is connected to him. Have you ever had like this strange confidence because of who you're with? You ever felt that? I was on the basketball team in high school and college, and when we used to travel in the bus or the van, we would get out at restaurants or gas stations or at the gym. You would just have this extra level of confidence because you're surrounded by all these six-foot-plus guys, right? And the confidence is not necessarily yours, but it's connected to who you're with. They have the weight, the power, the authority, the influence. Here's what I love about this. Break it down to its root words. It comes from two root words. Watch this. Here's where it gets interesting. Excessity, you break it down, and it comes from ek emai. Again, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but you'll just have to forgive me. Ek means from, like exit. Where do you exit from? Where does it come from? Look at what emai means. Is this cool or what? Emai, I am. Ek emai, I am. Now, can you tell me, if you're watching at home, throw it in the chat. Who was with God when God first used that term? If you're at home, throw it in the chat. What part of the Bible is it at? Does anybody know? Where did God first use the term, I am? Who is he speaking to? Moses. Awesome. That was like half the room right there. Moses, the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3. God is commissioning Moses to free his people in Egypt. You remember? And God says, I am. Tell Pharaoh, I am has sent you. I am that I am. And God says, I will be with you. Moses is unsure as to whether or not he can do it. He doesn't know if he can speak clearly enough. Maybe he had a stutter. He says he's slow of speech. God says, I am with you. I love that. Who took over for Moses? Does anybody know? If you know at home, try and go two for two. Write it in the chat. Who took over for Moses? Does anybody know? Joshua. What a good, strong name. Joshua. God is my salvation, my rock. I love it. Um, Joshua took over for Moses. God commissioned Joshua to lead the Hebrew people into the promised land. Do you remember what God said to Joshua? Joshua. got to look here how does it start yeah that's how it starts be strong and courageous do not be afraid or dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go such a great verse joshua 1:9. actually moses said it to joshua back in deuteronomy a number of times but here's the point we have power weight influence authority in the mission that jesus has invited us into Because of Jesus. Because it comes from the great I am. And he is with us. It's point number two. With. Authority. With. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19 is the great commission. Go. Make disciples. Baptize. Teach. And then it says. And behold. I am with you always. To the end of the age. Now, if you don't hear anything else this morning, if my Christmas shirt is way too loud for you and it has distracted you from everything I've said, just hear this point Jesus is with you wherever you go to the end of the age. Is that not a beautiful truth? Is that not the truth of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us? God stepped into our situation, God is with us. We can have authority, weight, power, influence because God is with us. That Greek term for with is the term meta. It means amidst, surrounded, companion. I think that's a beautiful term. God goes before us. He goes behind us. God is beside us. I immediately thought of Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139 verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I love that. Do you know what I've learned? It took me a while to realize this and I'm still realizing this every time, but when God gives me the faith to step through fear and actually engage in a conversation about his love with somebody who does not know, I find out that he's already been there. He's already started the conversation. Do you know what else I've realized? After that conversation, when I worry and fret, did I say enough? Did I do enough? Is that testimony going to be strong enough to carry any weight? Have they already forgotten? God is still there, and he's still having that conversation. Let me give you one story, because we're quickly running out of time, and there's a lot more that I want to say. I've got a good friend in New Brunswick, lived on the same street, about the same age. Uh, God laid him on my heart. It started out with conversations about yard work, and the weather, and sports, but then it turned into conversations about pain, and disappointment, and hope, and faith, and we're getting somewhere, and then we're leaving New Brunswick. And I'm wondering, did we do enough? Did I do enough? Did I say enough? Did I live enough? Did I love enough? In my arrogance and my ignorance, I thought it was all on my shoulders. I thought it was totally up to me. If this person is going to come to Christ, it's going to be because of my level of engagement, whether or not I'm on mission, whether or not I'm putting in the effort. Long story short, before we leave New Brunswick, I'm invited to a party with my friend. Yeah for sure I'll be there. Great opportunity. I walk in, I make eye contact with somebody I already know. A missionary from our area at my friend's party. And then I meet somebody else who's a coworker of my friend, who's also a Christian from a great church down the street. Come to find out, my friend regularly gets together with and plays board games with a pastor, a missionary, and another Christian down the street. And here I am thinking, it's all on me. It's make it or break it. What I have to say or don't say, the amount of God's love that I live and exemplify to this person, it all hinges on my amount of engagement, my effort, my level of mission-critical. God's, God's already been there. God's already planted the seeds, and he's just inviting me to add my little bit of water to the process. And after I've left, God is still there. He's still having those conversations and influences. Let me tell you, that coworker you're scared to talk to, that family member you're scared to confront, that neighbor you don't know what they would think if you brought it up, God's already there. He's already having that conversation. He's already planting those seeds. He's already showing that person things on social media and TV. Maybe they opened up the Bible in a hotel room. Maybe something popped up and got them thinking. And God just wants you to follow up on what He's already began. With. He goes before me, He's beside me, He's behind me. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So two words, authority and with. Those were the two words that jumped out with me. We have authority because he is with us. It's his mission. He's invited us on board for his mission. You cannot succeed at the mission of Jesus without Jesus. Now let's jump over to Acts chapter 1. I want to make just one application as we begin to close this morning. Notice I said begin to close. Okay, I'm not closing. So if you're online, don't close the laptop. We're just beginning to close, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now if I know anything about the Great Commission, it starts with go. Go right? And then it points out some specifics. Don't just wait in Jerusalem. Go to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the the world. He told us he's going to be with us until the end of the age, so why would we stay? Why would we wait? What would be so important that Jesus would tell the disciples, go, but first wait? Leave Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria, but first wait in Jerusalem. What would be so important? Look at verse six, Acts chapter one. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still stuck on political restoration, and Jesus is trying to show them spiritual restoration. They're so focused on a government that's infringing on their rights and privileges. Nothing like our world today. I understand the Bible, you know, it's, it's totally irrelevant. It doesn't know what we go through today. But the people in that day were struggling with their government and with the restrictions imposed upon them. I know we don't understand that at all. But in their day, that's what they were... When they had come together, they said, Is this the time? You know what Jesus said? I love this. Verse 8. Oh, maybe I skipped it. He said... It's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in place by his authority. The times or the seasons. It's not for you to know. I wish I knew the times and seasons. I wish I knew that come March, 12 months through the pandemic, that was crazy, but it's over. Vaccines are out now. Everybody's taking them. Nobody's complaining. And the the virus has just ended. I wish I knew the times and seasons of this pandemic. But I don't. And you don't and everybody else seems not to. I wish I knew if I could start making plans for Christmas and invite family over or be invited over, don't you? I wish I knew the times and seasons and there wasn't so much uncertainty, but Jesus says, God knows the times and the seasons. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. So what is for us to know? I'm trying to build to a climax here. If they didn't know the times and seasons, if it wasn't going to be a political restoration, it's going to be spiritual. What do they have to hold to before Jesus leaves? Here's what he says. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world. Jesus is telling them to wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. You will have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you don't wait, and if you jump the gun, if you can't wait for Samuel to show up and do the sacrifice, and like Saul, you're going to go ahead and do it yourself and do it all wrong because you have the wrong motivation, if you jump the gun... You're not going to have the battery power to power you through your level of engagement. You're going to crash and burn and you're going to need another pep talk come next Sunday. But if you wait, then the Holy Spirit will come, the power of God. I was chatting with uh, Brian and Esther and their life group last Sunday. I had a lot of fun answering questions about the Holy Spirit that they had come up. You know, the Holy Spirit's role is quite unique from Old Testament to New Testament, and it all hinges on this point in time that Jesus is pointing to. The day of Pentecost, the birth of the church, we're going to get into that in the book of Acts, when God would pour out his spirit. But in the Old Testament, the spirit functioned by coming upon certain people for certain roles for a certain time. In the New Testament, after the day of Pentecost, God pours out his spirit. He lavishes out his spirit upon the church. Jesus said, I'm going, but I will send the comforter, the paraclete. The one who comes alongside like the tugboat leading the ship to safe harbor. The Spirit is going to lead us, direct us, illuminate the scriptures to us, give us the power, give us the authority, give us the words to say when we don't know what to say. Guide and direct our thoughts, our actions, the attitudes of our heart. The Spirit is the power. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. God is going to send the power in the form of the Holy Spirit. The book of Ephesians says that it's going to be the seal until the day of redemption. So once we have the Spirit, he will never depart from us. He's our seal, our guarantee, until we leave this earth and go to heaven. We have the power with us. The Spirit is with us. God's power, the great I am within us. That's where engagement starts. Engagement can't start from a place of guilt and shame. It has to start with the power of God's Spirit. You know, I don't understand the season. I don't know how much time we have left, but I do know that God's Spirit is with us, empowering us for the sake of the lost. But before we go, before we jump, before that starting gun goes off and we're supposed to sprint from the line, we need to wait for His power. that's all I've got time for but I just want to jump to Isaiah chapter 40 because when you think about waiting on the power of the Lord I think about these verses from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says have you not known have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth he does not faint or grow weary do you feel tired in this season Do you feel like I do? Do you just feel like there's a lack of motivation, like there's a barrier anytime you go to do something, you don't feel happy with your accomplishments or what you've got to do? You feel like there's always so much more to do. God never faints or grows weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So as I close this morning, I want to say the opposite of what I started off saying. Is that normal for a a preacher to do? They start one way and they end the opposite. Here's how I want to end. Instead of encouraging you to go and get after it, what if instead the encouragement today was to wait? Maybe this whole season for you has just felt like one long waiting period. When's it going to be over? When can we get on with it? When can we go do what we want to do? What if the encouragement from God today was to wait? Just like Jesus said to the disciples before he left, don't try and go do it on your own power. Wait don't leave Jerusalem yet, wait, wait for my power, wait for my authority, wait for my influence, wait for my weight. What if we waited on God? What if we really and truly experienced a renewing of strength and power? What would it feel like to mount up with wings as eagles, to run, not grow weary, walk and not grow faint? I would love to experience that, wouldn't you? And instead of chasing after our level of engagement because of guilt and shame and what we're not doing and what we should be doing, what if we started with our relationship with God and from the great I am, we experience that power because he's always with us. From that relationship, from that source, from the truth of who God is and the community being experienced between us and him, we then move forward into engagement. What's it look like to wait on God? Let's close in a word of prayer this morning. Father God, I just want to praise you for who you are. God, I think of this great commission that you've invited us into. Thank you for your mission. You came, that's why we celebrate Christmas. You said you came to seek and to save the lost. You came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus, you've invited us to follow in the mission that you've exemplified. To be your co-missionaries. God, Help us with our level of engagement. Help us to be on mission. Help us with our hands and feet. But God, before we chase after these things out of some sort of guilt or shame, God, help us to remember that you don't operate that way. God, help us to be in you for the sake of the world. Thank you for who you are today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for participating in our online service today if you haven't yet filled out the connect card would you take a moment to do so make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there you can check out all of the video content that we've recorded over the years. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page. And while you're on Facebook or YouTube, make sure to hit that notification bell. That way you will not miss a video. It'll send a notification to your phone, to your email. For all other information, you can go to our website, sharethejourney.ca. I really hope that you are encouraged to be a disciple making disciples
5: this week.